What's up, everybody? This episode of the Yalabad Podcast is brought to you by League of Nova, a new social network that is focused on connecting you with your favorite personalities and their exclusive communities. Wait, wait, wait. But, but there are so many social networks out there already. Well, what, what does it mean to connect with personalities? I mean, okay, so so like besides your friends, okay, and your friends' friends, you know, like honestly, how do you how do you find other people who have similar interests as you? Like legit question. Like imagine if you have a very niche interest, like uh, you know, eating omelets, you know, my favorite thing, or something like contortion. Contortion. Uh. What's that? Uh? Sounds like sounds like some kind of like extortion by bending people over or something. No lah, Terrence. Okay, I know you know a lot about politics, but come on, man. You need to know about contortion. It's something that we recently spoke to an NUS student, Ella, who's one of the few contortionists in Singapore. And she's also one of the personalities you can follow on League of Nova. Here's a little segment from that interview. How about this? Really think pushing think of pushing the body, the person's body to the extreme. So a lot of bending, a lot of handstands also. So you bend and you strong. Oh, like a strong noodle. Ah, <laughs> uh, so it's like an art form, like almost like what those acrobats do in Cirque du Soleil, right? You know, I never knew that's something you can actually do as a hobby. I mean, yeah, it sounds like torture, but I guess you can do anything as a hobby. You know, like what, like why would you want to do sit and reach exercise for fun? Uh, I think they took that out of the army also, right? But yeah, but you know what's surprising about practicing contortion from her perspective? And by her, I mean Ella. Well, let's find out. I guess how calm it makes me feel. Yeah, I feel very, I don't know, rela- not relaxed, but I feel this sense of security for some weird reason. I think because it feels like I'm in control of my body and that is something that I, I've always been searching for. Okay, okay. So there are interesting people with interesting hobbies on League of Nova. Uh, but still, why, why do I need to follow her on League of Nova if I can find her elsewhere? Oh, I feel like social media, you, you always see like what they post, right? And it's a very highly curated space and sometimes it scares me a little bit. But sometimes for me, even when I use, like, say, Instagram, I always feel like I'm performing for, I don't know what audience I'm performing for, I'm just performing. And I feel very, sometimes, sometimes it's very uncomfortable. So I thought maybe something I did control over would add this, like, more personal sort of touch to it. Yeah. So you don't see people as just faces or, like, things that they want to do, but you see them more, as, like, more, more human, I guess. Like, almost like, oh, um, should I post this photo? Should I post that? Then I feel like I can only post good things. That kind of thing. Like I don't, I hardly post my feels like, in contortion. I don't. I hardly post like me collapsing, me not being able to do this. Me, yeah. Oh, so it's a great place for sharing stories that they might not share anywhere else. Yeah, I think the one thing that League of Nova is trying to do is bring back a certain level of authenticity to social media. It's kind of like why we like this podcast, right? Where you can kind of be authentic and not have to worry about the likes and comments and all that. And I mean, even Ella herself, she has some pretty awesome stories like this one. Okay, so. I think there was this one session. We were trying to get this trio shape uh, for a very, very long time. Uh, so three people come together to form a picture with contortion. Yeah, so different levels. I don't really know how to describe it in <laughs> words. It's a very visual image. So imagine someone, so I'm in a chest stand, someone is over me doing a bridge, a spider bridge, and then Beth will be doing a handstand on my hand. And so I've been trying to get that for a very long time. And I remember that, that one day we finally, after so long, we finally did it. And we just collapsed over each other and just celebrated. I think that really encapsulates like what contortion is for me. It's this community, this like, oh my god, my body hurts and my body's tired, but imagine doing this. So, you know, why not check out Legal Nova? Uh, we'll put a link in the description. It's free for all and it can help you find a community of like-minded people and interesting personalities to keep you entertained during this 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 weird phase, you know, where, where we might be having to spend more time at home. Yeah, just give it a give it a shot. Alright, now on to the podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. 
man, it's been a crazy week, man, for so many reasons. Oh, wait, wait. First of all, uh, this is a weekly podcast <laughs> with multiple episodes per week where we talk about the hottest news and current affairs with what, Terrence? A touch of humor. A touch of humor, man. Mm. So if you want to feel smart and have a laugh, then listen in. Yeah. But yeah, okay, it's been a crazy uh, week, eh? Crazy fucking week for many reasons. Yeah. Some of which, some of which are what? Um, we are going back to phase two. Singapore <laughs> <Yeah>. is... <laughs> We've got active COVID clusters again, so we are going back into phase two. Yeah, we and and all the signs are kind of there. You know, like I just read that almost a third of all Mother's Day uh, restaurant bookings this weekend have been cancelled uh, at yeah. many restaurants. Shit, uh, yeah. I've I've heard some of my friends or people I know say they're already stocking up on shit, and I'm like, oh my god, no, no, no. Yeah. Okay, we just need to do our part. Uh, right now, the phase two is still um, end of May, right? Yep, yep, yep. No, what do you mean? Yeah. What phase two till? Oh, until end As of in, May. I mean, that's what we, that's what we're hoping for. Uh, that's I think the, the current biggest, timeline, Yeah, biggest complaints I'm hearing so far are from gym instructors and and you know class dance instructors, whatever. You can't have any yeah. indoor, can't have any indoor lessons. Yeah, it's rough, man. It is rough, and yeah, the the I mean, and I guess now it feels like that that industry is almost being targeted. But I mean, I I can understand the the I mean that it's probably not the simplest process to decide who to lock down because some people are saying you know F and B restaurants should be locked down. Mm. Uh, why is it just gyms and all? But yeah. I think it's so dicey, man. Yeah, yeah, and it goes. I, I think the especially it goes against the ethos of like uh, you need to build up your immunity by continuing to exercise by continuing to be healthy, lah, Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, as opposed to you know just lazing around at home, lah. So. That's why it's doubly like uh like what you say lah. Like people feel like the the industry is being targeted lah. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's very speculative, of course, because who knows what is going on in the back doors? The back doors, uh, of which Ong Yi Kung is probably now very immersed in because he's the incoming Ministry of Health mm-hmm. Minister of Health. Correct, correct. And I heard that the latest news is Gan Kim Yong, who is going to stay on as co-chair of the task force. Oh, he's like a COVID veteran, yeah. He's like the the COVID mentor. COVID yeah, task, right. task force task force co-chair mentor. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh, Allah. But I mean, these past few days have also been crazy for another reason. is mm. because we are recording this podcast on 6th May and tonight is the first of three live shows that we are going to be performing at. Mm. And we are, what are we performing? Stand-up fucking comedy. Stand-up comedy, yeah. New, new art form Stand-up for, comedy, for man. us. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's so... So like so surreal because like just a, like a few days after these restrictions are kicking in, it has already forced forced our show organizers to unfortunately like trim the attendance down to hundred people. Mm. Um, yeah, and it feels like we're given we're being given this opportunity to perform live, and who knows when we might be able to do it again. Yeah. So yeah, so those of you coming to the show, we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, this is our this is our final run of shows before the the end of phase three. <laughs> yeah man <laughs> that's what you can say that way right yeah. no so, literally yeah, yeah. Our, our show today and tomorrow are not as affected as the show on Saturday so we are almost in the cusp the transition mm. you know the transition period so so kudos to the to the organizers of the show it's called Kudos of Comedy 2 unfortunately I don't think there are tickets available anymore yeah um, sold out lah, you're yeah. saying Sold out, yeah, sold hell out. Yeah. Our first show sold out. Sold out. Fucking hell. We did our first open mic last night and this week last our weekend, show. Yeah. No, last weekend, last weekend, mm. and our show sold out. 
Yeah, that's how that's how badly they want to see us. Eh? Yeah, that's <laughs> why. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, speaking of uh, Singaporeans doing interesting things, not to like tap mm. out, like plug our own horns or anything, but something made the news recently that that we want to talk about. Mm, mm, mm. It's a uh, it's quite interesting because it's a uh, it's related to something that we probably most of us uh, use on a daily basis. Mm. Most of us, uh, you you yeah. use it on a daily basis. Uh. I don't even have it installed right now, man. To be honest. Ah, uh, uh, uh. and and the app that Terence is talking about is TikTok. TikTok. And why uh, why we want to talk about it is because last May, uh, last no last Saturday, May first, which was incidentally the day of our first open mic, mm. uh, it was announced that the new CEO of TikTok is a Singaporean, mm. and his name is Chu Shouzi. Mm, is that correct? Mm, correct, correct. That's right. Yeah, so I mean that's that's all well well and good for him. They were they had an interim CEO for the past year mm. because I think last year there was quite a high profile fallout of Kevin Mayer, mm. the CEO who took over not too long uh, before that, and then in the interim it's been someone called Vanessa Hudgen who Yo, will now be the Papas. oh yeah fuck. who the fuck Hudge. is Vanessa Hudgen? That's high school Vanessa musical. Is... Oh my god. <laughs> Obviously, you know what Harish, the kind of shows that Harish used to watch when he was in his 20s, High School Musical. No wonder, as, as I was saying, I was like, why does this sound wrong? Yeah. So I don't think she's the, the, yeah, okay, so Vanessa Papas yeah. was the was the interim CEO and now she's going to be the COO. But yeah, this 39-year-old Singaporean, 39 years old, no? Yeah. 39 years old, is going to be CEO of TikTok. But then why, why was it so interesting? Uh, I think a lot of people were very shocked that a Singaporean was going to be head of TikTok, which is a, you know, a huge Chinese uh, company, like, right? Or it was yeah, a Chinese company. I'm not sure. Now it's international. I was based in Singapore. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, people were even questioning, is he really Singaporean? Like Singaporean, mm. Singaporean, in the sense of like, did he serve national service? Did he grow up here and everything? Mm. Mm. Um, and, and I guess, I mean, I know I saw a lot of my news feed, uh, people saying, you know, they're so proud that there's a Singaporean, uh, leading really, a company yeah. and really, yeah. Like what kind of pride are they expressing? Like they um, are friends I mean, of his or what? I know one of them who is a common friend. Mm. <laughs> I'm guessing you saw the post. Mm. Uh, he works in a tech company and he said, you know, he's so proud to that one, uh, one of us is leading a, a globally important company or something. I mm. paraphrase, like, but something along that kind of sentiment. Like, I don't know who's that. You talk no. about... Who's this oh, kind of friend? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, He works for a big tech bro. La. Big tech bro. Uh, oh, Our common friend. Who he did, I mean, oh, it, he's that, that lone ranger inside who... Ah, yeah, correct, correct. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Understand, understand. Yeah. Yeah, so so he's in the big tech world, but um, and when you say you know TikTok is a big company, like it, it's big, yes, it's it's a fucking worth billions of dollars, but it's also very very current, lah. You know, mm. it's it's in pop culture, it's in politics, mm. it's in it's entrenched in the creator space, so it is a very relevant or current company, lah. Mm, mm, correct, correct. Yeah, and and this guy Chu Sozu, he didn't just come in like uh, wasn't parachuted in. He yeah. was. He joined ByteDance uh, just a month prior as CFO. So in terms of the hierarchy, ByteDance owns TikTok. Mm, that's right. So yeah, he was the CFO of ByteDance and then now he's the CEO of TikTok. Mm, correct, correct. And he's been in China for a while. Like. He was um, 
based on his LinkedIn profile, mm. um, he was at Xiaomi since 2015. He yep. was the CFO, yep. then partner, director, president of International. Um, and he was, I think, kind of one of the main people in charge of taking uh, making, taking them through the IPO. Uh, basically, the company Xiaomi, uh, making it, helping it go public in 2018, right? Yes, correct. Yep, 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 yep. Correct. Yeah. So he's a he very illustrious uh, yeah. CV. I think he also did his uh, undergraduate studies somewhere in London, maybe Cambridge or at UCL. Yeah, at UCL. UCL. University yeah. College London, also a very prestigious university. And then he yeah. completed his uh, MBA in Harvard yeah. in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and in between that, he did investment banking at Goldman Sachs. So yeah, like, fucking just like, boom, yeah. boom, checkbox, checkbox. But one thing, like, Facebook, yeah. everything. Yeah. Sorry, what do you say? But but one thing, has he done stand up comedy? You think? <laughs> no, he hasn't. Loser, loser. No, 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 no we're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, we're, yeah. we're just. I think Harish and I just we're just like uh, very proud of ourselves for for finally <laughs> doing something that we've been talking about for like maybe ten years already, lah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> you, know, you go skydiving, suddenly everything, everything else seems insignificant compared to skydiving. They're, they're like so, stand up comedy is like skydiving for us, like that. Uh. Yeah, and then like whenever I meet Rishi, I'll tell Rishi, you know, one day I want to try stand up. He's like, okay, come, come, come for open mic uh, next week. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't want to go family outing, like you know, just <laughs> maybe, maybe the following month, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's been a while, but yeah. So, but so anyway, we yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so a lot of um. I guess a lot of the comments and 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 uh, you know all the chatter about him. Uh, there's there's a lot of pride about him being Singaporean, but also some mm. people were questioning: Is he really Singaporean? Singaporean? Because you know, like a lot of people didn't expect a Singaporean to be to helm a, a so-called Chinese company, like, Right? Such a mm. big Chinese mm. company as well. Uh, so it's mm. a, it's, a, it's like a very big step forward, like, like you know, they always talk about uh, why Singaporeans cannot be CEOs of our banks and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, 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 and yeah, so so I, I think it's a very interesting discussion. So there was a commentary in the Straits Times uh, mm. that was also, that reflected on this. La, and, and could you give a bit of details about it? Um, It was in the Channel News Asia, actually. Oh, sorry, Channel News Asia, um, yep. Yeah, and it was written by a professor at the SUSS, Dr. Mm. Leon, Leong Chan Hung. Mm-hmm. Um and the crux. Of, okay, to be honest, by the end of reading it, right, I mm. I felt his language was sometimes a bit like I don't I don't really know what he's talking about. I don't mm. know whether that there was a common sentiment, but broadly speaking, I think he was talking about how we the whole questioning of whether you know like uh this TikTok new CEO is Singaporean or Joseph Schooling is Singaporean. It is a very dated concept, and mm. and in this sort of global age, we can't hold on to. This, you know, like doing NS means you're Singaporean. If you're if you never do NS, you will never be Singaporean. Yeah. Uh, yep. If if I understood correctly, lah. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the times you know, he would explain like um, I mean, like uh, he he like one sentence. Humans are cognitive misers. We prefer mm. to make sense of the world, our problems in particular, using a simple and usually binary prism. Mm. So of course you can unpack that, but. Well, his language is very bombastic, la. And sometimes I'm like, wait, wait, what is he saying? But I think that's the crux of it, la. Mm, um, yeah, I think uh, similar to you as well. I had to read the his commentary a couple of times to really get a sense of what he was, what he was getting at, la. Yeah, but I, I think you basically uh, pulled out the most important statement that he made in there. That mm. uh, Singaporean, he's. I think 
in its essence, it's saying that Singaporeans need to get away from this whole is he really Singaporean or not Singaporean kind of mentality and embrace mm. foreigners, PRs, and, and everyone who is in our, you know, comes to our country and all, uh, um, mm. in order to move forward. If not, you know, we'll always be a yeah, nation of uh, just, uh, uh, he never used the word racist or xenophobic, but but we just won't be able to go very far, lah, right? If we are not an open open city, an open country with, the, the, you know, uh, takes in talents from all corners, uh. so mm, and yeah. yeah, go go on, go on. No la. and and what was what was your thoughts about that? Um, I had to read it twice also because I wasn't everything he wrote about sounded good on paper, but at the same time I felt that he does something that um, I see a lot of political, especially more conservative political commentators like to pull out. They like to pull out this, uh, you know, this straw man argument, and this is where it's fantastic mm. to use the the word straw man, because it's literally like mm. you you build a, a false argument using a straw man, saying that there's this Singaporean, this straw man Singaporean made out of straw, you know, so it's not real, uh. This Singaporean mm. who is like uh, always about about the you know always asking about oh did this this person do NS? Did this person uh, do all... The, is he really Singaporean? Did he grow up here? Did he grow up elsewhere? And and things like that. La. So they always say that there's this... This is the stereotypical... Or this is the typical Singaporean. This is the typical way a Singaporean thinks uh, about mm. about issues like that. But I feel there's almost like a oversimplification of of all the factors that go into the angst that people feel about um, immigration issues and things like that. It's almost... Mm. It's almost pointing it towards a kind of uh, nativism uh, or, or, or uh, you know, a very Trump kind of, uh, you know, like like immigrants are, are terrible and, and immigration's terrible kind of thing. And uh, mm. yeah, I, 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 I just don't feel that Singaporeans deserve that reputation, lah, you know? So you're saying that he's making Singaporeans out to be very bitter and almost petty, lah. Uh, I don't know about the emotions of bitter and petty, but almost making us out to be, have become descended down to the level of Trump's kind of like xenophobic, uh, racist kind of talk lah, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I feel that that is a bit of an oversimplification of, of the whole landscape, you know? Like because of, say for example, when we, when we talked to, when we spoke to Sudhir, right, on our podcast, I think yeah. I think he even he pointed out that there's a lot of uh, nuances that go into this issue of immigration and talent, right? One mm. one big factor being that Singapore at the end of the day is a is a city state, la. and 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 so you know the the need to be open as a city to allow talent in, but at the same time you are you are a state, so you can't like you can't have it just throw open your doors like that either, la, right? Citizenship, mm. citizenship can can you, you can't just like willy nilly give it away to anyone who enters your country and all that lah, right? So so yeah. there, there's a lot of complications there, and uh, tied in with that also um, the very very liberal policies of of immigration uh, that was practiced in the early two thousands or mid to mid to late two thousands. Um, mm. You know that, that 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 I think those factors also need to be mentioned. Uh, I mean, it got uh, mentioned in I think in passing in one paragraph in what he wrote. But mm. a lot of it, it wasn't in detail, and a lot of it again pointed back to the Singaporean Singapore attitudes, uh, which I which I think, um, yeah, it, it just oversimplifies what the issue is, uh. 
Mm, but but I mean, it's interesting you say that because I think there's a bit of a something like a line that needs to be connected because here is a Singaporean becoming the CEO of a foreign company. Mm. Um, but what you're saying is that it it kind of exposes the underlying tensions of Singaporeans in Singapore towards foreigners coming into Singapore. Mm, correct. Yep. Oh no, he just he's just saying that the way that um. Firstly, people questioned that he was whether he was Singaporean, and then when they mm. found out that he was really so-called Singaporean in the sense that he did NS and everything, right? Mm-mm-mm. Then they said, "Oh yeah, yeah." Then this is someone to be really proud of, lah. This is someone that we should really celebrate and and you know, uh, and and yeah, lah, be proud of like like our friend, like you mentioned, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So from there, he extrapolates that also. I mean, not just extrapolates, uh, but he also points out that there on the flip side, you know, people question. Um, how come the C- the our local banks CEOs are foreign? How come we don't get a local to be the the the, the CEO of one of our banks and things like that, mm. So so then what what do we, what do you feel like if you could? Because I think right now yeah, uh, uh, he does point that out, but that means you disagree with with that lah. No, I feel. Like, what are your sentiment? No, I I mean my sentiment is definitely there are some people who. Who look at all these issues and say, uh, yeah, lah, you know, oh, if he's not if he's not a real Singaporean, means if he never served NS, if he never grew up here, never doesn't know what the taste of Hainanese chicken rice is, then he's not a real Singaporean. Now, of course there are people like that, lah, right? Definitely in amongst us there are. Mm. Uh but I don't think that is the biggest issue when you mm. were trying to explain why Singaporeans uh, you know, seem to be reacting this way. They're reacting in this ah. way. I don't think that's mm, biggest mm, issue. Mm. I think he fails to acknowledge the fact that there are a lot of uh policy issues that have not been mentioned. Policies about immigration that were you know that were too liberal in the two thousands and have you know and since then have been tightened but have also caused uh you know uh very long long term issues like in Singapore's social fabric and all. Not just social fabric, mm. even the breakdown of our MRT line infrastructure, all that, it can be attributed to the you know influx of 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 uh, immigrants and everything like during the two thousands. So, mm. so so I I feel that this kind of article kind of puts the onus on Singaporeans' poor attitudes, uh, You know what I mean? Versus mm. versus the onus on whether it's policymakers to acknowledge the mistakes of the past and correct them, or to 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 take into account. Yeah, shit has happened in the past that has disadvantaged Singaporeans now. How do we correct that? And how do we acknowledge that and correct that? The first step to solving a problem is to acknowledge that there is a problem. If we just continually say it's not a problem, is that Singaporeans are xenophobic and racist, we will never acknowledge the problem and solve it, like, you know? Mm. So articles okay, like okay. that, I you know what I mean that. by saying when I say it's a straw man. So you throw up this straw man saying that, oh, this is the this is the typical Singaporean who just sits there and is xenophobic and racist. When actually there are a lot of people down there on the ground trying to bring up different issues, uh, bring up more issues, like you know that that are being ignored mm. and and just being just being lumped into one. Oh, you're racist or xenophobic or anti-capitalist or whatever, like you know, you're socialist and and or communist and everything, lah. Mm. So I guess I mean I I guess you hate strawman as much as slippery slope, lah, right? Uh, strawman. I I don't know harder to identify strawman arguments mm. sometimes, ah, because. Mm-hmm. There, there is a level of like I, I do question myself. Hey, am I? Am I well, where, where, where do my attitude? Where, where does my 
this attitude come from, like you know. Uh, I do. Mm. I do try and catch myself. I do realize, like a lot of times, I speak from a very uh, privileged position, uh, mm. privileged in terms of you know the economics or finance or or even just like like my race and everything. I also speak from that position, so I have to check myself very carefully to see: am I is that is there something in my blind spot that I'm missing lah? But after after thinking through it, then I realized, mm, I think uh, we are we you know we we. We also don't give give Singaporeans enough credit sometimes, lah. The fact that mm. we are we are a country built on on the, on the backs of immigrants, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't think everyone has just magically forgotten that uh, overnight in our generation either. So yeah. I I feel it's a bit of a we we understand what we are as a city state and and we 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 are, we are uh, generally speaking, lah. Generally. We are very open and, and we're multicultural. We're very open to different, uh, different cultures and practices and things like that. But uh, yeah, uh, this could be my Chinese privilege talking lah. So mm. why don't why don't I give you the floor now to give oh, a little, little perspective <laughs> from the minority view? If not, later people say I, I'm Chinese privileging you out of this conversation. I disagree with everything you said, no, <laughs> because when we were deciding the topic, like initially I was thinking, uh, with this topic, eh, is it that interesting? And Terence like he 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 rated it pretty high, lah. Then I was like, why the fuck you want to talk about this? But then now I get what you're saying, lah. Mm. And I think, mm. I mean, it's it it kind of adds on to what I feel sometimes when I see things like you know like be more gracious you mm. know those be gracious mm. campaigns mm. Uh, you know kindness campaigns and i mean those those organizations they do really good stuff they they fill an important gap in terms of educating people about compassion or empathy you know mm. but i think when i was younger i used to see value in that i'm like you know this this is just good advice you know mm. what you see so many quotes on people's instagram you know if there's one thing you can be in the world it is be kind yeah you know and everybody loves it yeah. Um, so if the government is just saying that what's wrong or if there's this this material or collateral that reinforces that what's wrong but I think over time yeah I also got to realize that yeah that kind of absolves the institutions or the policy makers from kind of having to accept that people people react in ways that are logical to them that are illogical to other people mm. um, and just because someone is complaining about something that you don't understand doesn't mean that there's something real that they're feeling, right? And mm, we have seen that mm. time and time again uh, where there's this brewing tension about something and mm. it's only evaluated from the surface, uh, you know, like there's, I don't know, like uh, people kind of uh, wanting to sign a petition to cancel Ping Dot, you know, like and all that. Mm, mm. And I mean, that's, 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 that's that's something I totally disagree with, but I think there's there's an underlying thing there that is that cannot be missed out. Yeah. Um of course of course that maybe that was not the best example, but something something like where it feels like okay, people are just being unreasonable. Like even okay, stocking up on toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I know last year we did one podcast about I think it was Chan Chun Singh who kind of said, Oh, you know, the don't be an idiot or something, you know, yeah. just follow government, we'll take care of you. Yeah. And No, we, no, this what was what, what you're what you're referencing is when he in a closed door session he said that a uh, uh. bunch of Singaporeans were behaving like idiots like that and then Lao Kui because like people in Hong Kong were stocking toilet paper, then people in Singapore go and stock toilet paper, so something like that, right? Yeah. And then he got, yeah, he, got yeah, lamp- so- he got lampooned for for being so um condescending when talking about Singaporeans, uh. 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, there will always be people out there who are like, they do idiotic stuff. You yeah. know, like, they're fucking like, they, they, you can, I would say, okay, they are idiots. But when it happens across a lot of people, I think, mm. yeah, to just write them off and blame them for their actions is is not fair. La. And, yeah. and I get now, I, and now I get why you were so triggered by this article um, about how, like, because, yeah, la, it, it kind of, it, like when I read this, I felt like, okay, if if let's say this guy didn't spend that much time in Singapore and mm. if I felt a bit like, then is he really Singaporean? It makes me the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. It makes me the bad guy and it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not I'm not mature enough and I'm not global enough to think that, you know what, this is the way of the world going forward. Yeah. Suck it up, man. Yeah. It is my attitude that is conservative and outdated. La. Correct, correct. So, yeah, you know, like, um, it's very easy to 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 paint the you know the guy who talks about oh real Singaporeans must serve NS then you understand what it means to be Singaporean, um you know where, where like why why does that attitude come about la, right, I think that that's one one question I ask myself like why why do we need someone else to suffer the pain of national service before we consider them fully Singaporean and all this lah you know and mm. um. I mean, I mean, I think about it a lot as well, and and part of it, I I just attribute it to the the fact that that uh, the fact is that it, national service is still even today, all the years later, is still seen as a very big punishment like that lah, right? Mm. Very people, very very. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but very few people approach it thinking that it's going to be a glorious time. You know, it's a very 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 proud time for me. To be serving my country and everything, uh. and mm. and part of the reason is because you are taking two years off from the prime of your life, and uh, you're going in to be very underpaid, very underpaid in 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 terms of like, given that it's the prime of your life and everything, to to serve the nation, lah, right? Mm. So you are told that you're serving the nation, but you got to suck up the financial hit, you got to suck up the the hit on your time and everything, lah. So it is a very big sacrifice that that when I look at students of the same uh, of people of the same age in other countries in Australia, I bumped into you know kids doing a gap year you know between between uh between the the high school and and the university lah, just taking a mm. year off going to developing countries traveling seeing the world, and just opening up the worldview and and just being more you know globalized citizens are right, traveling mm. you know learning through traveling all that so. I realize all these opportunities are uh, not available for Singaporeans because uh, we are mandated to stay around and all this law. So mm. there, there, there is a real sense of uh, of like you really lost something those during those couple of years, and it's not properly compensated through pay or anything like that. You see, so so mm. they they say it must come from inside you. Must it must come from inside you? This this one this needing this wanting to serve your country. And yeah la, to some extent it will come from inside you, but 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 I think the the cons still outweigh the pros, lah, if you ask me. The cons still massively outweigh the pros, lah. In terms of serving mm. serving like sacrificing for national service law. So mm. I don't blame people for having such strong feelings about national service and about it being a very important differentiator between what makes a real Singaporean and not not a real Singaporean. Lah. It's almost it's almost like, you know, you see you hear about those gangs where, you know, to join you must you must cut off your pinky or something. Mm. If you don't cut off your pinky, yeah, you're not one of us. Or it's like fucking the the, the poly la. If yeah. you don't get pissed on, uh, 
You're not one of us. <laughs> we fucking piss on you, then yeah. you're one of us. If you just come in, join our club, but you don't have any piss on your back, you are not one of us. But piss easy, you see. Piss is like five minutes of your time and then after that, one day of shame and after that, you go home and you're done. But but when you really sacrifice two years of your time, when you're pissed yeah. on for two years, then you then it's different, you see. Right. So so you would rather take like a like say a month of being pissed on for five minutes at a time than two years of NS, huh? Mm, maybe not a month, uh. Like I could deal. Actually, even if it's, I could deal <laughs> if with it's a, a month. Week. I could deal with a Dude, week. Dude, it's five. It's five minutes a day. You know, first thing in the morning, you wake then up, you, brush yeah. your teeth, get pissed on, then you shower. <laughs> then you shower. Just one <laughs> month. <laughs> yeah, how, I think I would. Yeah, actually, a month. It's okay, part of your daily uh, schedule. Worth, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, that's why. <laughs> if if you said you wouldn't do it, I was like, hey, hello. Then you you just lost me or what you said. Yeah, just yeah, I'll, I'll do it. The cons outweighing the pros. Yeah. So, so, the, so yeah, my, my point is that yeah. the cons still outweigh the pros so much. So, you can't blame Singaporeans or, or you know, so-called, like, all these, like, uh, racist or xenophobic Singaporeans for having such strong feelings about it, like, right? Mm. And, yeah. yeah. I mean... And it can, it can be corrected, you know, like, just... I mean, I think one big way is just to recognize the financial hit that everyone takes and give a much bigger... Give more money to, to NSMen like, and everything. But then, NSMen and but all. Then, but then where would it where would it end? Because because then you can always say that there's something about growing up in Singapore that disadvantages us from the global competitive climate of, of the workforce, like you know, the fact that um okay, like maybe we can't the education system is so stringent that we don't have the breadth of studies that you experience in other other schools. It's almost like, you know, there's that social experiment where the different races stand and then you move forward and back if you got disadvantage. Mm. You know, no, then the, I mean, but, but the, the you you just brought in the, the slippery slope argument like where will it end? I like? know, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where know, will it end? Yeah. So it will end. So that means what you just like fuck it. It's slippery slope. slope. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to. You know, no, yeah. no, as in there, there 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 are real ways to calculate this. We can talk through it. Uh, mm. If we can calculate what a minister's salary should be based on the the median salary of or, of the top three percent earners or something like that, then mm. we can do the flip side for Nestle, right? What is a mm. typical? What is the typical salary of a uh, someone who someone in the workforce comes out, for two yeah, years like. comes out of O level and and or is in the workforce for two years? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, in the workforce for two years, um, I know university or okay, university what whatever. Then you take a then you you take away a percentage of that lah because he obviously didn't, hasn't gone to university yet, right? And mm. then you compensate accordingly lah. Then then to me. That's transparent, right? That's like, I, I really am basing it on data that is physically out there, right? About mm-hmm. what, what equivalent pay could you be earning outside working at, I don't even working at McDonald's or whatever, or even pegging it to something like McDonald's. Then then after yeah. that, after that, it's another layer of questions like, like who should we peg it to? Like? But the point is that there is a formula that is very transparent and that, like, you know, we're showing that we really do uh are trying to take into account the fact that we know that there's a financial hit on you and we care about your mm. your welfare. That's why we're we're trying our best to give back to you. Rather than saying, oh it's so difficult to calculate, so we shouldn't calculate at all. You know what I mean? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Which is what where you were headed to la. Where where does it end? It ends <laughs> it ends there, there will be an end. A line can be drawn. Yeah. You might as well ask the same <laughs> of the upwards the salary, like the minister's salary they pack here, pack there, then where does it end? You know, it just it can earn they can earn like hundred multi one hundred times or whatever. And you know, there there is an end to it, lah, right? No, that's why it almost makes me feel like I wonder how many of the people who maybe say, you know, like, um he okay, like to be Singaporean, you know, like we I mean in some way 
what you're saying is that being Singaporean going through NS, you are disadvantaged lah, to a certain extent in the competitive line, landscape, just in terms of time, you know, time, your work yeah. experience and all yeah, that. Yeah. So, yeah, so it almost feels like, uh, you know, when, when people also say that, you know, uh, if you are a certain background or color of your skin, you are not disadvantaged, it's a level playing field. I think mm. I think that's the kind of thing that everyone is disadvantaged in some way and advantaged in some, in some way. Like, I think what you're mm. saying is the goal should always be to make it as equal an opportunity as possible and where things are not equal we try like the the policies and institutions should should work towards balancing that out right equitable uh, equitable yeah what's the what's the term equitable opportunity is it uh, just just rather than equality which is an equality of of uh, outcome outcome yeah you want an equality of uh, opportunity and then then it's equitable you know like if you if we know that you are disadvantaged we give you a little boost but if you still cannot you still if you still can't reach the apples and all that, then, then yeah lah. I mean that, that that's what it is lah. we have a safety yeah, net think, below lah. Don't don't fall too hard lah. You know. Yeah, I think my issue over time, whenever I read articles that kind of, in some way, glorify the output of people who, who you know, in your mind you could have been like. I always now take it with a pinch of salt because I think. You know, as you get older, you read about all these articles about you know, oh, this person at this age achieved this and all that, but. I think there was a book by Malcolm Gladwell, right? Called like, uh, what the fuck is the thing that where he said the 10,000 hours mastery thing? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that book? Um, Outliers. Um, yeah, Outliers. So basically, I think there was one article I read last time that, that changed my opinion on that. It was a Fortune 500 uh, CEO who was a female. And she mm. posted something personally and she said, you know, she's sick of the media just kind of uh, putting her on a pedestal as a f- woman CEO with four kids and someone who manages to do everything. Because she yeah. said the one thing that these articles always miss out is the fact that she has, her husband has taken on more of the domestic uh, workload. Uh, yeah. She has a very supportive network of family who takes care of her kids. And right. she has all this going for her that is never put in the media. So so I think in some way, whenever I see see things that, of course, this, this article on CNA was saying that, oh, you know, it's a global... Uh, landscape there's no such thing as Singaporean I've also seen the other side where well if he's Singaporean you know anyone in Singapore can do it but that one also is a bit of a it, then I think it could be it could be almost painting this this illusion that that of that of that mantra like, you know if you work hard you know meritocracy will pull through yeah. and it's all down to hard work and effort but yeah. no man the older you get right the more you realize like anything a lot of things you achieve in life success there's a fuck ton of luck there's a lot of luck even yeah. f- yeah, even whatever, even the stand-up comedy thing that we got, you know, like, which is uh, like a success, it has, there's luck, like, you know, there's, and I think anything that mm. kind of takes away from it and puts it solely on, it is up to you to determine your destiny, that is all something I feel like, um, really, is it? I think it's better we acknowledge that, okay, no one starts at the level ground. Yeah. The system should strive towards making it as equal an opportunity as possible. But even then, there's a lot of luck. Yeah. You can work to improve your luck you can work to make yourself ready when luck presents itself. But if you if you are fucking successful and you say you know it's all down to my effort, then I'm like, hello, yeah. wake up your fucking idea, man. Yeah, it's all down to things I've sacrificed. Then I'm like, come on, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. If you no. if you grown up with four limbs, in some way you're already considered lucky. You know, you grow up in a family yeah. with mother and father, you're very lucky. And things like that, like, It just goes on and on. My my, my point, yeah, la, I think. We're we we're, we're basically saying something quite similar, lah, right? That that yeah. Um yeah, I, I think articles like this I feel almost absolve the institutions of, of any kind of uh 
you know, real real impetus for change lah. Real impetus mm. to like, re-examine policies and or even their communications and just like why is wrong? Why 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 is it that um why is it that Singaporeans are are, are feeling such angst? You know, and mm. and I think Mm-mm. the very fact that you know our friend you know in in the big tech is so happy about this and and you know we we because we so often hear about how Singaporeans are we're not ready for the big time lah, right? We're not. Mm. We're not ready to be for a Singaporean to be CEO of of a big bank or anything like that, lah. To have yeah. lead, to have real leadership roles and and excuse me, real le- leadership roles and all these things, ah. So it, yeah. it's it's yeah, it's just um uh, I think it's just important that 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 they they also acknowledge where this kind of uh angst comes from about about mm. these about these issues. Rather than say that you know, just conveniently say that it's, it's Singaporeans being xenophobic or racist, although they never use that term lah. But I feel that the implication was there, lor. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I feel very aggrieved because it's it doesn't address a lot of the issues that that uh, there are the other issues that have caused this kind of uh, thinking or behavior to manifest itself uh, on the ground lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, but you never talk about anything as a as a minority or what, ah. Why why because so why one, so why so clean? Huh? This one, I mean the minority thing is uh then is the whole other thing to talk about, right? No, I you mean but like poke, the like the DBS CEO and all that, you know, he's he's uh Singaporean now. He's got Singaporean mm. citizenship, but he wasn't uh I mean he was he's not so called like Singaporean Singaporean lah, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of things like that? Lah? Because that one I don't know enough about how that industry works or something. If let's say it's in in media, I guess that whole thing about you know like um, no, I I think those sort of stuff can be very, very speculative almost. That okay, you know, there's there would definitely be someone in Singapore who was equally in the right spot to be the CEO of a company like DBS, like, And I think that is a is a tough thing. Yeah. That's why I didn't bring up the minority no, majority no, thing because no, what I was asking is like so. Do you feel pride that that you know that uh the CEO of DBS is a Singaporean? Uh no. No. Why why not? Because so I guess that's where if you ask me also, do I feel proud that a Singaporean is a CEO of TikTok? Um I don't know whether it's pride. I, I think I'm like, oh, that's cool. But whether it's deep down pride, I don't know. Mm. Uh but for DBS, I almost feel like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say it's pride also. I'm like, oh, okay. But it's okay. I mean, someone's got to be a CEO. It just happens to be him. No, I mean, yeah. So I'm, you? I'm asking if like, the knowing the fact that, you know, he became CEO after he became, or just before he became. Singaporean. Uh, he became sing- Singaporean just before, after he became DBS CEO and all that. Does that, mm. does that change your perception of, of, of this as a you know a Singaporean is CEO of a of a of a banker. Um, I mean, I think, I think if you're asking just based on that line, does it change my sentiment? Yeah, like, it does, lah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does because then I think that line is yeah, like what you say, like it's oversimplifying the reality, lah. Like, mm-hmm. I think when you say someone is of a certain nationality, it paints a certain picture, lah. Mm. You know, that's just the way we've been educated, the way we are accustomed to descriptions and all that. And 
to just ascribe that what it conventionally means to someone who just became the citizen, I think it's not not being as a it doesn't paint the full picture lah. So that's where it would change my sentiment. Okay. Whether it I'm more proud, whether I'm less proud, I don't know eh. Like I think anyone achieving like that sort of stuff. Like okay, let's say Joseph Schooling lah. Joseph Schooling, I was fucking proud because that's a direct mm. like competition with other countries that mm. is quantifiable by number of seconds. No, how about the like, no, fuck yeah? But the more recent one lah. Joseph Schooling, I think is like a he might be a once a anomaly life, yeah. uh, once a generation kind of talent. But one yeah, that yeah. we've seen quite recently that that we have seen the progress over the years lah is the table mm. tennis team in Singapore, right? Mm-hmm. Initially, it was all uh, it was all you know, naturalized citizens and all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then now it's like really, you know, born and bred in Singapore. So, so I mean, that I feel very proud. Ah, that okay, I feel okay. very proud. So if you're proud because... Yeah. Because I think when it comes to sport, it feels a little less influenced by corporate bullshit. Mm. It's definitely influenced. But when you ask me the path of someone becoming the the CEO of a big MNC, right? who knows the who they've fucked, who knows who they've slept with, who knows who they've banged made bankrupt mm. of course that's all like um not every ceo does that yeah but i i i'm a lot more cynical about that process about it being less meritocratic than say something that is sport like. and i know sport also can be influenced by a whole bunch of shit but it feels like uh yeah it's less less shit than the mm. corporate world like. yeah, yeah on the on the score the score is the score like, right you, yeah you there's something very very yeah, very, very romantic about that idea. And I think also because I know pursuing anything unconventional in Singapore as a career path, like sports or something, is not easy. Mm. Um, and people are rarely doing it just because they aim to make it big financially or something. It's just because they fucking love it. Mm. And there's a certain amount of, of respect that that commands from me. Whereas if you're a CEO of a big corporate, I'm like, I don't know, like, you might be the yeah. fucking shit-ass boss. You might have no morals. You might not have ethics, that's but you true. become CEO. That's true, that's yeah. true. So I mean... uh. Good time to point out also that the Chinese web series we're working we we're working on, the mm. um, the director of it, um, Alex, he's also someone that I met. Uh, he was working in in Hong Kong and Beijing when mm. when I first met him. I just I was sitting opposite him in a meeting, uh, between a Singaporean film company and a, a Taiwanese I think a Taiwanese film company. And then, mm. and then Alex was there. I was like, eh, Singaporean inside there, uh, pursuing Singaporean working in entertainment industry, you know, uh, living in Beijing and everything. Quite interesting. Uh. And uh, mm. yeah, and, and, and turns out he was, you know, doing a lot of interesting things in, uh, a lot of interesting things in China, including uh, working as John Woo's uh, right-hand man, the director John Woo's right-hand man. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought there are a lot of Singaporeans doing interesting things overseas, lah. And it's just that we don't often hear about their stories in the media because they're not CEO of some big corporate and things like that, lah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should yeah really take a bit more effort to 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 highlight these stories, lah. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the Singaporeans who won Oscars and and stuff like that for from for yeah. music and visual effects and all that. Uh, you know, you don't hear that much about them uh, until they win the awards, uh, right? But they go do NS or not? They go, they go do NS or not, Terrence? <laughs> women lah, women lah. No, there's the guy, what, the guy who arranged, uh, was oh, it yeah, Lady Gaga's yeah. musical uh, it's arrangement it's at Joe Biden's inauguration? Yeah, yeah correct, correct. I don't know. Should ask him, I should yeah. ask him. But, but that's why, like, I mean, it's it's something that, 
if anyone has thoughts out there, that would be great to hear because it's such a it's a much more deeper conversation spurred on by the article than mm. I initially thought when I read that article. Correct, correct. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Cool. So from All very right. deep conversation into we're going to very skin deep, skin deep. Uh, it's very skin deep topic, lah. Skin deep, yes. Yeah. Um, and and the topic is um, it's about a certain Will Smith. I'm sure everybody knows Will Smith. Like Will Smith is one of the stars that fucking he's like the rock, lah. Right, he was like the rock before the rock. Mm. And um, on, let's see when uh, on. On yo yesterday oh shit okay that's the the the, the, the video no that's not me Harish's ringtone uh, pussycat dolls don't ya <laughs> no that's the backing track to yeah. Will Smith's post uh, it I was see, a see. and like a looping video of him showing off his dad board la. and okay. that came one I think one day ago and yep, then yep. I, uh, three days ago he posted. Something showing him like wearing trunks and a jacket with a zipper open and obviously with a dad bod and the caption was, I'm going to be real with y'all. I'm in the worst shape of my life. Mm, and mm. it got like a hundred thousand comments because uh, he does have 58 million followers. Mm. And then, um, yeah, two days later, he announced with that looping video with the Pussycat Dolls music that he's partnering with YouTube to get his life back on track and get it, get in the fittest shape of his life. Uh. Mm. So... I know when he posted that thing three days ago, I saw a lot of articles saying, you know, uh, Will Smith is awesome, you know, and other celebrities started showing their dad board. And people were just saying, you know, like, it's a comforting thing to know that even celebrities are not doing, being the fittest. Mm. But then when that other video came out two days later, I still saw overwhelming, like, positivity, but I did see some people point out that, oh shit, did Will Smith post that to be real? Or post that has like a marketing thing to further his show. Yeah, yeah. And I think Jamie Lee Curtis posted something in response, but she has taken it down since already. Oh, about the body acceptance thing. Yeah, yeah. She she posted about that. Yeah, she's like trying to give advice, but also just show her own body, like how Uh how she's come to accept her own body. But probably while, I'm not sure why she took it down, but I'm speculating because she realized it was that Will Smith was doing it as part of a marketing stunt. Uh. So, so she, yeah. she took so, us down. So I guess it's interesting because earlier last week, I think the the internet was also broken by the Vogue photo shoot that Billie Eilish did. Mm, yep, yep. You know, yeah, about where, I mean, she's, she's like a fucking phenomenal talent, right? Yeah. But for the longest time, she also got a lot of kudos for wearing baggy clothes, um, uh, admittedly to because she didn't want to be sexualized by the media la. and right. then last week there was that Vogue photo shoot where she was wearing like body hugging attire and there was a whole conversation around body image la. Mm. and then when this Will Smith one came out it, it started positive and then after this uh, I think it was I think I read something that made me think like oh shit if he's doing it just for marketing is he mm. kind of riding the wave of the this pos- body image positivity thing and then furthering his own cause. Mm. Because ultimately that got a lot of traction. That and he has a he has a reputation for being real, like, you know, for being mm. sincere and for being very likable. But what do you think? Huh? Do you think people are too triggered, too sensitive? Mm. I mean, let's let's be real here. La. This kind of YouTube uh series, uh, you know, starring Will Smith and all that, they're big budget projects. They're not uh mm. they're not they don't come out of it overnight. They didn't like Day one, Will Smith posts a photo. Then day three, oh, we announced that we're going to do a series with Will Smith. They have sat down, probably sat down with Will Smith for like 
the last six months uh, coming out of the concept and probably have a whole team and a whole crew behind it already. Lah. So they mm. knew this was happening and then they probably told Will Smith, oh, it'd be fantastic if you started posting a series of pictures that were that would lead up to the announcement of this thing, lah, right? Mm. Mm. And uh, so we go back into that same old uh, territory about is it if it's an is it an advertisement or are you being real, right? And mm. uh, this one overwhelmingly feels to me like an advertisement, lah. It is timed too perfectly with the announcement, so that you know it's it's really to bring attention to the announcement to to help Will Smith fulfill his obligations and make money. So mm. yeah, it strikes me as uh, kind of cynical, like, and I'd be pretty pissed off if I if I was like another celebrity who was trying to post something that you know thought you thought it was very heartfelt, and it turned out that you're just helping someone promote their new show, lah. Mm. Oh, so you think that's why Jamie Lee Curtis took it down? Uh? Potentially, lah. Potentially, potentially lah. Yeah, I think so. Uh. Yeah, because I mean, when I saw it, also like, and this is after me almost forcing myself to never believe anything I saw on Instagram. Mm. When I saw it, I was like, "Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, it's fucking smart. You know, it got a lot of traction. But it's almost like to me, the message of the dead board is like, okay, lah. You know, I'm with you on this." You know, like, I I know, like, uh, I might have, like, fucking access to all the resources in the world, but I still ended up with a dead board. So don't feel bad, you know? Mm. If you're not in the fittest shape of your life. And then two days later, I'm like, you know, I'm teaming up with the world's best nutritionists and fitness gurus to bring my body back. And then the rest of us are like, what? <laughs> Fuck, then we just do, like, 20 push-ups at home. Exactly. Like, fuck you, lah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so. We don't have half the resources that he has to, you know, to, to, to yeah, lah, get fit, lah. Yeah, that's why that's almost like saying someone, oh, you know, you're, you're broke, is it? Yeah, I'm also broke. And then the next day, fucking get like $2 million check. <laughs> and you're like, oh, sorry. You know, like, no. I'm, I'm going to show you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to show you how I spend every every uh, dollar of this $2 million so that if you somehow chance upon $2 million in the future, you can you can go through the same journey, you know. But until yeah. then, peace out, y'all. Yeah. No, even because that one sounds like a striking lottery, but even just like, Oh yeah, two days. Later, oh, I'm partnering with Bank of America to see how I can refinance my mortgages and everything. And, and yeah, and, yeah <laughs> obviously you're getting paid to do that, lah, right? And all of us, yeah, are, we won't get paid to do that. No, In fact, we have to pay for that no, shit, and, and exactly, you think Will Smith is gonna like pay to go to F45 classes? I mean, <laughs> no, he's getting paid to make the show, to make the show, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so, the fuck, y'all? So this reminds yeah. me of the remember a few years ago when. When Nathan Hartono became like a big star because of uh, what's that sh- what's that show Sing China and Sing all that. Sing China, yeah. Sing and then China. and then um, yeah. Then he did this whole thing where he's like, uh, I think was he challenging? Yeah, he said he missed Singapore so much while he's in China. The Milo lah. Yeah. Milo. Then you know I challenge everyone to 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 do what you can with a a Milo ping or something like that, right? And then mm. uh, like or, or or like the. Uh, just do some. What, what, do you remember what the the intricacies of the challenge was? I think it was something about him getting Milo from Singapore, some package, or then yeah. they send the package from Singapore to China, or whether you can reach him or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 there was no mention that this was a an ad or anything like that. And uh, yeah, he. I mean, it went ahead, and people were like, I think. Even Mothership also wrote an article about it, which I don't know if it was sponsored or, or what, like, right? A sponsored ad. Mm. Um, mm. And be, I think even you was like, whoa, this is pretty awesome, man. Were you? Uh, no, I mean, but even if you ask me now retroactively after that whole thing panned out, I feel 
less cynical about that than Will Smith. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Don't, I, don't explain yeah. yourself here. But you did feel at that point you were like, whoa, this is pretty awesome, oh, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I so, thought that was pretty cool. At that point in time, you know, my my this fucking like uh, cynical radar just went nuts already. Uh. And I was like, mm. there's no fucking way that this guy is like doing this like for free or whatever. <laughs> la. There's something behind it. La. And boom! Uh-huh. Like two weeks later, Nathan Hartono's face is all over as Milo Ping. Like the product is Milo Ping. Milo Ping's new face. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I just felt like yeah, it, it, again, again, the ethics of of like this so called guerrilla or viral marketing, all that. Uh, yeah, like, it was it was breached, no? and 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 I, I felt like you were being sold something under the pretense of of, of patriotism and and all uh. Uh, So yeah, in some yeah. sense, I see Will Smith doing it here. Yeah, he's selling you something under the pretense of of like you know uh, body acceptance and and you know like mental health and all that crap, uh. Yeah, exactly. So. So that's why, and this is after like, I mean, I think both of us have grown more wary of what we see on social media. But the mm. fact that there are people out there who I don't know, like maybe less less cynical or less careful. Mm. I think when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, fuck lah. I I really did not like that. And now talking about that more makes me even like, bah. Yeah. I, I, well, you talking about I that as in Nathan Hartono or Will Smith? No, no, Will Smith, Will Smith. So, why do you think the Nathan Hartono one is any better? Um, actually, I take that back because in my mind just now, I was like, hey, but no, uh, he started off posting something, then Milo approached him and then they got this thing together. But then now when you said that, yeah, the poster thing, I was like, oh, wait, wait, yeah, that happened too soon. Yeah. That was also probably, probably, uh, I think it wasn't as clear cut as this, like one day post, yeah. two days later, there's a fucking post. Wasn't so that one, I can't remember the intricacies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know, I know you got your smug face on now, right now, thinking yeah. I told you so. I'm saying that one without further details. I'm refusing to say whether I still feel about that the same way as I do Will Smith. No, no, I Will give, Smith is it. I give yeah. you credit. I give you credit. You're right that that uh, Milo left, I think Milo, uh, they, they left a longer time period between the challenge the Milo Ping challenge, yeah. whatever that was, I can't remember. And the actual uh, campaign of Nathan Hartono's face being uh, the yeah, face yeah. of Milo Ping. Uh. So, so I yeah. think in that sense, they, they try to, to uh, so-called pad it a little bit. But, but I just ask no, you, but, I ask you as a, yeah. as a, as a, a celebrity or face or you know, a personality and all that, like how much of yeah. it is the personality's responsibility to do this correctly? As opposed to just listening to what the PR firm tells you to do. I mean, I think you do have a responsibility, like whether it's hundred percent of your responsibility. If you're signed to a major label and like they are fucking pressuring you to do this or you're cornered, that's there are those kind of forces at play. Like. Mm. Um if you but I think yeah, as an artist, I don't buy the argument like, oh, you know, that's what the client said, so I just do. Because mm. I think there have been times in the past where certain influencers in Singapore said that like, I'm like, hey, fuck you, like, okay? You it's going on your channel, like you need to take responsibility. Like if something slips through the cracks, I mean everybody makes mistakes, but you don't just say that, you know, like if, if a client is willing to pay me, um, of course I'll do it. Then mm. then I'm like, uh I think I don't know, I think when I hear the argument, I'm like, wow, oh, that that that's a that's a very, very blanket statement. Mm. So in yeah. some sense it's it's quite amateurish of what Will Smith are, right? I mean I wouldn't oh, that one I mean, yeah, because he strikes me as being someone who's very savvy on social media. So, mm. 
I don't know, but it didn't seem to blow up that badly. No, um, it didn't. Right. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. Because but ultimately, I mean, I will say, ultimately yeah. the message is, is is not a bad message, right? Like, yeah, like whether yeah. it's about accepting your body or or about, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take control of it. These are both positive messages. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I will say just, just to highlight that for the Nathan Hatono thing, I think the timeline was wide enough that I still don't know 100% whether it was plan all along or whether something did come out organically. So I don't want to let you win yet because I know I know that's what you're thinking. It's okay. You, know, it's like okay. you have this scotch out. No, you have this scotch out of like three <laughs> years ago I said this. You know, give it three years okay, and then we'll do okay. a podcast about it and I'll find <laughs> out that I was right. So this one, no, no, no. It's not over. It's not over. Until we it's get okay, Nathan okay. on a podcast to ask him, no, fuck you. Don't yeah, say it's yeah. okay because then, no, no then now okay, you okay, are, okay. you are I, absolving I, I, I'm yourself. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> fuck off, no. You and your patronizing language. Don't be so defensive. So you, you, the fact that you use defensive on me makes me sound like the the one with the problem. So shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> so everyone here, yeah, yeah. No, no. Harish is is Harish is making a lot of logical sense here, lah. So yeah, do listen to his logic and and yeah, just conveniently, yeah, just don't don't look hey, up the data. I don't think I don't don't. You see the picture already. You you uh, yeah, you don't use that kind of passive aggressive language, okay? Okay. Bloody hell. No lah, but but. I was, um, I mean, Nathan Atono is a young, he's he's very popular. We are nobodies to him. Who cares, right? Right? Like when we make these kind of comments. I mean, hey, no uh, okay. but I we, mean, we, but, but this ethics of uh, advertising or that, honestly, in Singapore, nobody gives a shit, right? And that's why the 35 second, I'll teach you how to be rich. Guys are still yeah. doing that thing and all that. So, yeah. yeah. Why, why? I mean, it's no big deal, lah. No, it is a big deal, dude. Why? Why? Why is it? Why? Why is it a big deal, though? Okay, because let's say, let's say, if if by some chance, okay, it was something organic, then I think we are making conclusions without actually doing the due diligence and holding ourselves responsible, Which is what I always shit on other general, uh, like media companies for doing. Mm. So I don't want to do it myself, like. And right now, I don't have enough details to conclusively say that it's very high likely that it was uh, pre-planned. I don't know. Maybe it was if I look at the timeline again, but I think at this point, I don't know enough. But but you, but never, have, Smith you never have the full amount of information or so. Maybe, maybe yeah, YouTube, one. after Will Smith posted it on day one, maybe YouTube was like, call him and like, okay, I got 500,000 500, or whatever. Like, I got $6 million for left for my budget for the year. I'm going to give it to you to do something to help you lose weight. Okay, cool. I'll announce it tomorrow then. Right. Hmm. Possible. But I think it's it's just based on the unlikeliness of it, like Just now, you also you also agreed that the 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 breathing period between the first interaction between Nathan Hatuno and Milo and the big campaign was a bit longer, la. But not so not, not that, but that this was, I mean, that was even more, uh, what do you call it, uh, egregious in some way because there was a photo shoot even, uh, you know. And these photo shoots don't happen overnight either. Yeah, like. but then, then, then we have to dig up the facts. Like, I think now exactly. we're just pulling out what that's we can I, remember. Exactly, that's yeah, what I'm saying so, now. I'm saying that if you're going to, if you're going to give Nathan Hartono that, that slack, we also need to give Will Smith that slack. That it is possible, it is possible that within a day he closed the deal with YouTube. Right. Okay, fine, fine. Yeah, it is possible. It is possible. But, but, <laughs> but you're only bringing that up. Eh, no, 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 no. When, when, when you point out something that that uh, I agree with, I will accept. But the fact feels like you're only pointing this out because I pointed out the Nathan Hatono thing. No, because I feel that the the use of of like logical loopholes and all these things 
to to say that you will never know, you will never know, you will never know, you will never know. You know, it's yeah Then it, it kind of makes it hard to to argue against anything lah. But I mean, yeah, here but I'm just saying here, based on whatever information is publicly available and yeah. based on your experience of of knowing what a person or, or knowing the industry, knowing how it works and things like that. Uh, what we're saying is let's 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 try and make speculate lah or make a make a, a smart estimate about what how how things went lah you know. Yeah, but I'm saying we don't have the same info for the Will Smith case we will, as compared to the Nathan Hanoki Hanoki case. We will never Smith, have we the know same. He, we will never no, have the, the complete is, amount of information. You see, the thing is, we know how many days passed when Will Smith posted and the announcement. You ask me how long did it pass before before that for Nathan Hanoki? I don't know. So that's why to me, it's it's a very difficult thing to compare just right now because we don't have the similar <laughs> my, facts for Will Smith is, for Nathan Hanoki. This kind of data we will not we will also never be able to get it fully. You see, but if you want to base it on what we know. Has consumers of content in yeah. the public space, yeah. I think there can be apples to apples comparison. And right now, I feel we don't. No, we don't I say have that. We know that, that, that to me, that argument of like, we we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Is that's why my point uh, is that no, we, we can always. Then we will always. Now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it, all this is the all this is is we can find one. You know, the Nita Atono thing. Whether it's okay, then the next podcast, things. the next podcast we we follow up. It's just that I don't <laughs> want to spend time googling now and finding all the exact data points for Nathan Atono as for Will Smith. I know, I know. So don't yeah. you are also extrapolating by me saying I don't have the points now means I don't know. No, there's two very different things. I can Google it. It'll just take time, and we don't have yeah. time to do that now, lah. No, no, yeah, but I'm just saying that the the backtracking just to just to to buttress the argument saying that oh we don't have the data <laughs> that to me is I mean it's a weak argument lah, you know it, as in, in in the sense that we will never have full data for any of these things lah. I mean whether it's confidentiality confidentiality clauses or even or even just like in a person's mind or something like that you know Nita I don't know maybe he never intended to for it to be something with Milo and then he called Milo the next day and then something happened you know he can say that lah, right but we also won't we'll, we'll never know the truth lah. that's the thing mm. And that's mm. where I say that, and that's where a lot of uh, conspiracy theories also can come from. Like, we will never know the truth. We will never know the truth because, and then it's just this endless cycle of we'll never know the truth. So whatever you're saying now can't be true. No, but know? same way conspiracy theories can come from jumping to conclusions. Right? Correct. So right, whatever you're saying is true the other way also. Right? I know, but based on as much available evidence and and everything that is out there already, that's what I'm saying. Mm. But mm. if we want to like drill down to everything, every single piece of evidence, it's, it's, it'll be impossible. Lah. And then it'll just be a endless loop, lah, basically. No, but every... Then then I feel that, that uh, if we want to drill down to every piece of evidence, it, it if we just want to make a comparison, like what, what is annoying me is you're, you're comparing my behavior about the Nathan Hatono thing with this Will Smith thing. When I feel <laughs> there, are, there are different sets of data points on which we are basing this, this conclusion. Yeah. And I don't like it when you extrapolate and you jump to conclusions about my jumping to conclusions. Uh, okay, okay. We'll follow up. We'll follow up with this yeah, in the right. following podcast. I think the homework to do now is to find out what was the gap. Oh, yeah, actually, somebody on Reddit could help us, like, right? This is the kind of research that we would need. Help yeah. With. The yeah, gap between exactly. Nathan Hatono and uh, announcing his, side Milo, comparison. Yeah, his Milo Ping challenge and then subsequently <laughs> him like being outright like a Milo ambassador and everything. Like. And, and, and no, I think the, the first the, thing, mm. the first post is when he said he misses Milo. Ah, that correct, was correct. the first post. Yes, yes. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. He misses so, so, Milo. 
So yeah, lah, and yeah, then lah. when we have when we have the similar amount of data, okay, yeah. then we can do we can revisit this. <laughs> okay, okay, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. I know, I know, qualms. And, yeah, I have no qualms. As in, if I'm if I'm wrong later, I'll be very happy to be proven wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the that's thing. That's good to see. know. That's the thing. I don't I don't need to be correct in this. If if in fact if we can get Nathan Hartono and he can clear the air for us, that would be, be great. Like even better. That'll like be like great. look me that in the face great. and just tell me, shut the fuck up, Terence. You're wrong, Because because I yeah. wa- I want to be proven wrong in this kind of in this kind of instances. You see. And then he gives you a promo code for Milo Ping. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's my point. Don't be afraid of being wrong. You know, it's okay to be wrong. The idea. Okay, so who is that? Who is that directed against? <laughs> is it directed to the public or directed against me? Because no, it's, directed it's directed against me, and fuck you. Okay, it's directed to everyone. There is no, there is no shame when you are trying to debate about something. There's no shame in being wrong and and learning something. Yeah, correct. I right? totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. The and, important and thing, I, and yeah, the important thing is to you yes. use whatever available is available to you, the resources available to you, and 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 try and and find the truth, lah. You know. Yala, yala. Yeah, so now, yeah. now, now you're getting back on your moral high horse, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> people don't get. Not you, not you. I'm just saying. In the process of arguing, it's very mm, easy to mm. like dig in and say that no, this is the no, this is the, and then start to like logic, logic, logic. You know that kind of thing, and then it'll be endless. <laughs> it'll be endless. If we nobody will get to go, it'll be a world war one all over again. <laughs> our trench warfare, lah. You say. You say that's not directed towards me, but it's so directed Stop. to me. And what is even worse, what is even worse than people who don't want to accept that they are wrong is people who get on a moral high horse while their moral high horse is shitting over everyone else as it gallops through the fields of truth. La. Yeah, but it's, it's galloping towards truth. La. That's the important thing. <laughs> uh, you said it, like, you hit it on the head. Yeah, but, but yeah. La. Yeah. That, that's, that's the... Galloping wow. towards truth. That's a, a big discussion about I yeah. you know this this the, the the kind of framework that people use in arguments is very important also right I think mm, I think mm, that mm. a lot of times when when people get into arguments uh, there's no end in sight because people are operating on different frameworks I I've, I've been there before I I've done I've had arguments that I got into like at twelve midnight and still arguing at six a.m. not and not relationship yeah, related yeah. but like about intellectual stuff and at the end of the yeah. day it's like people are just on two different they're just arguing different things uh. Yeah. Dude, you know we have to rehearse for the live show, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Let yes, it go, yes. man. No, no, yeah, okay. No, it's a very Our good, live it's show a, it's is a good like exercise. A few hours. It's a good exercise. Fuck. Because because you get off to arguing. I'm like, oh shit, do we have enough time to rehearse for the live show, you piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright. Okay, then let's move on to the the next okay. segment. One short comment. One short comment. <laughs> One short comment. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, like we are literally recording this a few hours before our live show. <laughs> yes, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. Our first live show. Yeah. Yes, okay. So, what is your one show comment? Uh, my one show comment. Um, mm. Hello, are you still there? Mm. Yeah, okay. My um, one show comment is based on the. My one show comment is based on the recent um, comments on the Ask Me Anything chats. Uh, and. Mm. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, the um, one, the the one of the more recent ones is from C to sixty nine C T O H sixty nine. He said that uh, he loves this AMA chats. It makes us feel like we're getting to know you better as people, not only as podcast stars. 
Uh, we're not stars, lah. But but um, yeah. Uh, but he he does he does. I mean, he says he gives some suggestions on what we should do on YouTube and all that. Um, he says, but he says, well, what I do know, not much, except that, thanks to listening to podcasts like yours, I've managed to get through each week a lot better. I know I've said this before, but thank you very much, guys. So yeah, that 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 kind of just sums up what it what it is for me, lah. The the the, mm. the the experience of going through everything that we're going through together now in life. Uh, whether it's a circuit breaker or going back to phase two and stuff like that, uh, it's it's a good practice to just talk it through or just listen to some people talking it through, and forming opinions of your own and talking to your friends about it and everyone lah. So so that's that's what that's what this this what uh, this whole experience is about to me lah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, now I regret asking you what your comment is first because I also had shortlisted that as my favorite comment. Oh, sorry. But <laughs> but uh, there's another comment from. Hayata S uh, about the podcast when we podcast one five three when the cabinet reshuffle what the cabinet reshuffle means and the two hundred fifty dollar Premier League Young Player of the Month award. Mm. Um, I mean, basically like uh, it's a like a five six paragraph entry that that talks a bit about the backstory of the Super League and the two hundred fifty dollar Premier League prize money for the youth award and and I just thought it was a thoughtful response. Uh, that was yeah like. Like it's it's worth a read and and rather than just a uh comment that it's it's just I mean thankfully we don't get those sort of like one line troll comments on our Reddit but whenever I read a comment that is well structured and all I always appreciate it like so kudos to you Hayata S mm, mm. yeah it was just about how the 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 amount of the two hundred fifty dollars didn't sit well with him also lah mm, correct correct that's right mm, mm, mm. Nice. yeah. And then our final then, segment. The one shock thing. Yes, Wait, one I need to. So what okay, is would you, your one shock thing? Would would you like to go first? I need to find the, the link. Uh yeah. I mean uh I I, I guess I would uh um I don't usually do product shout outs and everything like that, but I've spent the last uh couple of weeks Really reading up about uh, Wi-Fi routers, and 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 how mm. how a router can make a huge difference uh, to your surfing experience at home and everything, and uh, because a lot of us, I think we just we just use whatever Wi-Fi router that the Starhub or Singtel or M One or whoever passes to you, like right. And a lot of times, mm. um, yeah, those those routers are, are, are you know the some one of the, the some of the cheaper ones, and the range of these routers, the speed of these routers actually. Is uh is getting in the way of of you experiencing faster internet lah, you know. Mm. And so when I finally went out and bought my own router, I I I, I don't want it to I don't want to plug any particular product lah. But I, I did I did buy a new router that that cost me about two hundred uh plus dollars. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. The the difference was like like the first time I used an iPhone versus versus a BlackBerry like You know, like like really? uh, yeah. It just like suddenly like the internet is just a lot faster. Um, the usual dead spots that I was experiencing, uh, they they didn't entirely go away, but they were much the 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 range was much better, um, mm. you know, and 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 um, the router isn't as ugly as the previous router, so you know it occupies a nice spot in the living room and things like that. So all all I'm saying is uh, maybe it's a good time for everyone to a good reminder that for everyone to yeah look into your router experience because also because of the generational leap in. In Wi-Fi five to Wi-Fi six as well, uh. 
So mm. uh, yeah, like like that can make a huge difference in in just at, when you're at home and just surfing the net and stuff like that. And then a lot of times we take for granted now that oh the speed of the internet is the speed of the internet. But no man, like you can you can actually turn up your internet using a good router and, and a well placed well placed uh, mesh node and things like that lah. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Mm. So because I know my yeah yeah because everyone uses the one that from StarHub or Singtel and nobody questions whether there are there's a better way to do it lah. But there is ah yeah. I see. I see. Because I know my, I know I I know my brother also was facing some issues with that. So so yeah, I like if you, if I get the link from you and check it out. Yeah. See, I didn't even plug any product. Fantastic, right? Yeah. So you're just <laughs> plugging the philosophy of of questioning your status quo router, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like oh, you know, I I need a new router, and then actually two days later, suddenly I'm sponsored <laughs> with a new router. And that kind of shit. Lah. Yeah, yeah. We're like we're we're recording and uploading, yeah, but in extra time, extra yeah. quick time, because we no longer have issues uploading the huge audio files. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. So, so then, what you, what thing. link you gonna share? What link you gonna share? Uh probably. A, Maybe something about Wi-Fi 5 versus Wi-Fi 6. So you mm. can also read and understand why maybe it's a good time to update your router if you haven't done so in the last few years. I see, I see, I see. Mm. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, my one shock thing is uh, the YouTube channel Ian Kang. Mm. Um, I think I mentioned it to you previously, but not on the podcast. It's this American, uh, Asian-American YouTuber who makes videos that range from like seven seconds to two and a half minutes. And he... It just boggles my mind how good these videos are because every video has a very clear statement or or is making about some current affair or some some weird thought. Like it's a comedy mm. channel. The production quality is not the best. Okay. Um I think two weeks ago he released like a short skit about you know the the police officer in the US who mistook her gun for something else and mm. ended up shooting the guy. Correct. Yeah. Um he made a seven second video mm. called When Cops Mix Up Their Mix Up Their Weapons at Home and it has nine hundred and forty five thousand views. And to me it's like, wow, this is the essence of YouTube. Mm. You get a video mm. that is just so so well thought out but so simply filmed, but it still makes a point about these very tough issues to talk about. So mm. I fucking love this guy. This mm. Asian. Yeah, Asian American. Oh, okay, okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. We come so, to the end of the podcast. Yep. So, uh, cool. Wish us luck. We're all going to do our final performances before the end of phase two. Later yeah, today. By the time, by the time you hear this, I mean, we are, we are uploading this the day after we record this. So, yep, we would yep. have already done one show by the time you hear this. Yep. So, so yeah. Uh, talk to you all soon.